welcome to another episode of the Cinema Forum, the one show where actors and directors and producers can come together and talk about the act of making film, the craft that goes into it, some of the challenges we faced, you know, some of the obstacles we've overcome. I'm glad to welcome you to another episode. We've got a couple of lovely actors here, myself included. Uh, my name, I'm sure you know, my name is Cressida Worcestershire. I'm from Leeds. Uh, it's an honor to be here in the, in the States. Uh, Tony, do you want to introduce yourself? I'm, uh, I'm Tony Adolph. I was uh, born in 1904. I've been in 300 movies and I'm 120 years old and I'm very excited to be on this radio play. Well, thank you very much, Tony. We're, we're, I was called you Adolf because I, I mean, I used to know someone with that name. It wasn't the same guy though that you're thinking of. Uh, but thank you so much, Tony. I'm excited to hear a lot. I'm sure you have a lot of input about that. You know your long, your long span in the pictures. Uh, so I'm excited to hear some of the some of the stuff that you've gotten into in that long career. Uh, next up, we got Ajax Bigsley. Ajax. Hello there. My name is Ajax Bigsley. Been uh, been in this business for a while now. Was born uh, about 1972. All right. Well, I, f- I think he was talking. I think Tony was talking about yeah. his age because it's like freakishly long ago. I, f- I think your age that's is true. kind of. That's true. I don't just, actually you know, think I'm, it's that important to your character. It's not. You know, I just wanted to no, make sure the point. audience got all the information. For sure. For sure. I don't have a donut. All right. Well. I'm ex- I mean, you've had you've had a story career, so I'm excited to hear. Well, I have some hard tack. Just if you want some what? hard tack, you can have some of that. I don't have a donut though. <laughs> let's let's you know what? Let's wait until the introductions are done. It's probably a good done. idea. I don't want you to be you know I don't want to be talking to our next guest and have you spitting crumbs all over him. Seems like a bad way to introduce him. Uh, now our last guest for today is R.J. Dingledith from uh, from such popular comedies as Milf Island. Or uh, or we we rode gaily. It's it's a it's an honor that you can be here. That's, uh, how you yeah, doing, that's RJ? Uh, that's true. Uh, hey everyone, my name is R.J. Dindledif. Uh, you may know me. Uh, I use I starred in a series of teen sex comedies in the early two thousands. I played the character of uh, Schroeder in uh, a, a series of uh, films called Virgin Falls. Um, uh, Virgin Falls one, two, through. Virgin Camp Great and um, yeah, I'm I'm just excited to be here talking about craft with uh, fellow actors and uh, the fellow thespians. Yeah, well, I'm not a thespian. I just had a couple experiences at boarding school. Uh, so I, I think with bringing up your your biggest triumph for at least like what people know you from, I think that's a good way to get into it because I always thought the Virgin. I mean, the Virgin Camp series, or that you know, everything you did with that, the Virgin Falls, Virgin Camp, uh, Virgin Vacation, I, I think it's just brilliant. And the, the question I have for you, because I, it's something that I've been wondering watching all the Virgin Falls series, is uh, how did you keep the sexual tension up the entire time through? I think you ended, what, like 12, 13 movies by this point. How did you keep the sexual tension through while also keeping the conceit of your character and all the other characters in the movie being virgins? How, how, how did you deal with the, uh, with the tension that came from, from needing people to know that you, your character wants to fuck and very dearly wants to fuck and is getting into situations where he could fuck but remains a virgin? Well, it's, uh, it's interesting you should ask. You know, yeah, it was a lot to have to deal with. Um, and, you know, part of the process was, you know, spending a lot of time 
watching pornography, various kinds of pornography. Um, I see, I off. see. Like getting immersed in it. Yes, getting very immersed and just trying to pine for these uh, bodies that, like, that my character so desperately wanted to um, right. ravish and penetrate. Uh, yeah. Have yeah, yeah. sexual fa- uh, fantasies with and, you know, right. pop my uh, character's proverbial uh, cherry. Um, so. Right. By, th- I would say, uh, halfway through filming of the first one, that did get a little bit exhausting, um, and I... The, the pornography. The pornography, like, yeah, the, of, of just like trying phys- to, Like physically exhausting a lot, man. Yes, vigorously exhausting, and uh, I, it, it got to a point of being quite sickening um, by the end of... But, but I guess my question is, because, and I think you know, a lot of actors out there can relate to... Uh, putting a lot of pressure on yourself uh, to achieve what you need for a role, maybe an unhealthy amount. Are you saying it was like physic- like physically unhealthy or was it like mentally? Like, do you get tired of it or is it like you physically, your arm was like too tired to perform in the movie from Jackie? It was both. It was probably both mental and phys- my, right. it, was, it was wearing on my body at a, at a you know, by, by there, there'd be times where I was, physically too uh broken both um in in my body and in my mind to um take scenes so a lot of the times they would have to go with a uh, a body double um or a um uh, a contemporary of mine to fill in for the roles right right. like a like a coaster how did you recover from that was it just like bed rest you have like a uh do you have like a method that you use to like you know get your body back in working shape or yeah you know i would just uh take Take my mind to a uh, just somewhere else where I wanted to be. How'd you get all those those nudie scenes past the Hayes Code? Uh, I I per, like I whenever we show like even an ankle in the film, our producer, you know, you know, our, our producer Don Rothstein, he just starts having a headache and starts just. Uh, he tells us we can't put any ankles in the movie. We can't even put elbows in the movie, and you've got bazoongas everywhere flying everywhere what i, I don't like what do you do I, th- I think it's the first movie to and correct me if i'm wrong i think those movies are the first ones to be rated nc25 right they yes they were yeah yeah <laughs> nc25 by by the time we got to the third one it was rated nc56 so only i mean well, I mean, but by that point that's the age of your audience more right yeah and then growing up with you oh is that is that also one of those movies that uh like, really tours in nursing homes no, it's it's fine. I'm good. I'm good. I was just asking, you know, like because they th- that rating. I feel like you know how like in like the fifties they do like show tours and stuff. I think for movies of that age, don't they? Yeah, I, like, rem- rating, I don't remember they do, last like, the last decade. I I remember that perfectly well. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Tony. Anyway, continue. No, but yeah, no, to see your question, we we did uh, take very much inspired by you know the the movies and shows of yore. We did take these uh shows on tour to right, various yeah. theaters across the country like superman 3 or whatever or whichever superman they correct that yeah because yeah, yeah. a lot of, a lot of theaters um would refuse to um show the movies so at a certain point we had to do um live adaptations of them right oh you did lock like, on stage like it's not correct. like you just found the side of a barn you like threw up a projector or whatever you actually acted it out yes yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that, that point I'm- I gotta say that's great advertising for your movie for the feed is that people could see it in. Yeah. So I I, I want to turn to Tony because I I have a question that I've been meaning to ask you ever since I saw 
I mean, honestly, since I saw you were still alive. Um, but your your most recent show on, on CBS, uh, you're starring on the show Dr. Computer. And to me, I'm wondering what that was kind of like, because I, I think a lot of actors of your generation maybe have trouble, you know, uh, really wrapping their minds around some of the newer technology and like acting in such a way where they can make it very clear that, you know, they have an understanding of how that stuff works. And I think, especially for an actor of your advanced age, how did you get around, I, I think, even just finding like the the means to act, like pretend like you are used to using technology on that? Level? Well, when they, when they give me the scripts, um, uh, they they always I remember when my agent got the script uh, he he went through he put it in his typewriter and he changed all of the technological references to stuff my generation is right. more familiar milk with man. like the the, yeah, steam, the steam engine man. the steam engine yeah, and the milkman yeah. it was called it was called uh, Doctor Phonograph when I read right. through it right. and I thought it was a whole bunch of you know kind of sci-fi hokum if you ask me it was a uh, one of those movies that we used to do for the paycheck uh, back in the day. You know, one of those movies like um, The Engine Devil that right. I did uh, back in 38. Um, I, I really, there's such a charm to that era before uh, we let Native Americans be in movies. Uh, which I'm not, I'm saying, it, I'm saying it's good that we do that now. But look, going back, there's, there's such a kitsch to it. Well, what's crazy about that movie is like at the time, most people... They would sometimes they would hire engines and sometimes they would hire Italians to be engines. But in that movie, we we hired Filipinos to be the the, Indians and the the Indians of the Mediterranean or not Mediterranean of of the Caribbean, aren't they? And I I remember asking the director why they're doing that, but that no one would give me a straight answer. I think there was some type of conspiracy or human trafficking going on in that movie, but. I, I, I don't know, but it was a huge success. But anyhow, uh, for the technology stuff, I, I, I just have I have uh, all the cast and crew has to explain everything to right, me right, right, right. constantly. Like there was a scene in the most recent episode where we had we had to like I had to type something on the computer um, and right, that's, that's about as far as I understood. Normally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how you convey information. Yeah, and they like. They kind of walked me through it, and what they ended up doing is that they built a typewriter, they that like a computer that looks like a typewriter, right, so, you so that I could use it better. But and then they what they CGI in post or whatever. Yeah, it it cost the show millions, I'm probably sure. like yeah. millions of dollars on top of my fee that I will probably only have an extra year or two to use. But you know, <laughs> well, I mean, I, they're just your, happy to work with and me. Your great grandkids and your great great grandkids and all that. Yeah. Oh, I've disowned. I've disowned oh, um, most amazing. of them. All right. So, so yeah. What are you doing with? Uh, I think maybe your earnings, your royalties, once you pass on, if that happens. I always love betting on racehorses, and I, I want whoever gets my money to bet on racehorses and earn more money with it. I, I, I think that you know horses in general, they're a very solid investment. Right. Um, right, right. You know, they've been around for such a long time. I mean, when I was born, they had horses. And when when I die, they'll probably still be horses. So I think, you know, there's something you can set your watch to. Even back in uh, medieval times, like uh, my, uh, my ancestors, we have a horse in our crest that uh, we, you know, keep up in our palatial family ma- uh, mansion in Leeds. Uh, it's, horses have been around for quite a long time. Uh, 
I'm actually reminded of, and I'm sorry if I'm getting too much into myself. Uh, I'm reminded of one of my earlier works uh, back right, right when I got out of Oxford and I was looking for more screen work um, after, you know, uh, several successful stage productions. You know, I did uh, The Tempest, I did uh, uh, Romeo and Juliet, I did Macbeth, I did a whole sweep of Shakespeare. And then I found um, work on a film, this must have been, what, 2002, uh, called Horse for a Day. And it was about, I don't know if you guys have seen this one, it's kind of buried by this point, but my character uh, was a young woman who, you know, from Tennessee and her brother uh, gets turned into a horse for one day. And that's kind of the premise of the movie. It's not the most structurally coherent, but I thought it was cute. I thought it was fun. We had a lot of good times on the set. Uh, And I'm thinking, you know, that was a big uh, part of me going into that film was the me thinking of the theming of like, oh, well, my brother's just turned into something primal, you know, something that's been around forever. You know, horse has been around since the dawn of time. They walked out of the sea and all that, you know. So I'm like, I'm really connecting with like, oh, well, he's he's become like something of nature in a way that he wasn't when he was Billy, you know. What? I'm so sorry. I I've, I feel like such a nonce talking about myself on, on such length. Uh, Ajax. Yeah. You yes. recently just got done filming the movie Criminals of the Future, uh, which, I, I, oh, frankly, yeah. they have no, not released no. too much information about that. So I, I'm kind of, I, I'm, I'm excited to see, like, what what can you tell us about that? Because if from the little bits that have come out, like little bits of casting news, I uh, heard Johnny Depp's in a supporting role. Uh, it sounds very interesting, and I, I want to get your take on it. Well, you know, it's, it's you know, you can't say too much, obviously, because especially these days with the, Spoil- the internet spoilers leaks and rumors. Such a, you know, such a big issue. Uh, the companies are, are, are always sucking and antsy about this, this shit for no, for sometimes for good reason, mm-hmm. but, you know, not. But uh, I, I think we got on our hands uh, a pretty good like sci-fi flick. You know, I, I I've been on kind of a string of comedies uh, yeah, in the past couple of years, so it's good to get something to do something a little more dramatic. That was that was. Uh, where I appreciate you, that I role. Mean, <laughs> for for lack of uh, uh, at the risk of making a bad joke, that's kind of what you cut your teeth on was uh, the. A lot of the comedy stuff. Cut my teeth. I, 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 mean, you, I damn, you know, crunch my yeah, way through Yeah, you damn well lost a couple of teeth uh, eating those, I'm imagining. Yeah, but, uh, no. Oh, man, yeah, no. The first time I saw you, uh, I must have been like five or six. It was probably uh, my uh, my nanny up in up in Leeds, up in our, you know, our palatial family mansion. Uh, she showed me a comedy of yours from, God, what, like, not, must have been like 92, 91, 92. Uh, and that, I, th- I think that was... Uh, the two Kyles, right? And it was about you. you yeah, no, the two. Yeah, no, no, it was you. I was the big Kyle. You were the big Kyle, Kyle and then uh, Chris Tucker was the other Kyle. And it was kind of like a, yeah, yeah, kind of like a like, learn, one of those, like, you know, learning about each other's cultures type thing, you know, very hot woman. No, yeah, yeah, no, very, it was, very it was really fun. He's, you uh, are, can I say, and that this is always something I've admired about you, you are such an amazing physical performer. The way you can fall, the way you can roll, the way you can bounce, it's, it's so, it's like, very inspiring for, for, especially me coming from Britain, where I sent a few You know, especially with, with how much of stuff is done in CGs yeah. and on, like, one-room sets these days. People don't understand how, how, you know, how hard it is to make a fat guy rolling down a hill in a barrel 
you know, you get you gotta really like it's, it's put precise. work into it to make it look graceful and yeah, funny, yeah, yeah. you know, like no, and and like yeah, is, is that something that's common for you now on your sets? Is like uh, having people, you know, finish your scenes or like add specific uh, angles to your performance with BMI? I mean, CGI uh, is that is that like a big is that a big thing you have to contend with or? Part of it's, you know, that's definitely, like, that's that's the way the whole industry's right. been moving over the past, like, 30 years, 40 years. But I will say, you know, part of that is a good thing. I, I in some of my earlier films, you know, I, I did a few too many of my own stunts because, you know, it's kind of a bold thing is I wanted to keep, a, keep kind of the jokes authentic, you know, mm-hmm. and... Uh, no, you know, I, there's definitely a sense of, like, professionalism that, that can be lost in that. You know, you gotta... You gotta really roll with the punches in in, in this medium. Right. Uh, uh, Aj, so, have you? Oh, I'm so sorry, Tony. Go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to talk about spoilers for a real quick. Um, back when I started, no one that wasn't really a problem. But you know, in the 1960s, they got really up in arms about that stuff. I remember uh, one of the pictures I worked on. It was called uh, it was called Bastards of Hell. Um, oh, and, oh, I was in the remake yeah. of that. That's so funny. Yeah, well, in Bastards of Hell, like the director was this very angry man. He was a it was a Polish fella, and he said that what he wanted to do was he wanted to have a policy where there would be armed men in the theater, and if you spoiled the movie afterwards, the men would be paid to shoot you oh, dead safe. right in the streets. Is that legal? Um, you had to sign the waiver. Uh, I'm assuming it was quite illegal, and it became a huge problem. It came up quite a lot in the Walter Mondale in Walter Mondale's campaign for presidency actually it uh was a really big scandal because uh, they ended up killing four people on account of this Polish fella and he nice. fled the country and he's been still making movies now I think I I, I don't I don't pay much attention to foreign yeah, affairs I, I I haven't seen much of that the, the director sells but you know you know, the studio lawyers must have, even back then, must have loved working with that kind of conditions. You know, that, that that's something they're, they're always stressed out about. RJ, what's uh, the weirdest stipulation the director's ever put on a project you've been on? Because, I mean, that's crazy, but, uh, I mean, I know a lot of these comedy guys are, like, famously very touchy, like, famously very, very, uh, kind of, maybe not precious with their work, but definitely, like, they have a chip on their shoulder. Have, have, is, I, you don't have to name names, but, like, is there something that sticks out in your memory? Well, going back to what uh, Ajax was saying about right. mm-hmm. um, doing your own stunts, I was uh, also it was very stipulated in uh, the contracts that I would sign for um, for my role for my roles to um, do my own stunts. Right. And uh, you know, uh, as playing the lovable goof Schroeder in um, in these Virgin Camp movies, hilarious. Well, thank you, thank you. Um, yeah. uh, I was. Mostly the butt of many jokes, a lot of things getting thrown at my head, um, a lot, and um, a lot of gags involving like my uh, my penis getting stuck in things that right. it doesn't. Oh, in the mouse trap! From, in the mouse trap! Yes, yes. We had such earnest writers back then. You know, they yeah, they, they really yeah. knew how to craft. No, stuff. they did. It's oh, it's they yeah. Go? It's a, it's a different time that we're living in everything's like you said it's all cgi it's all um trying to you know uplift people um and you know there's just not any hard funny comedies 
anymore. And it's also that would tough for comedy to make a profit these days. Like everything's got to um, everything's got to be related to RP now, which I, I think is obviously there's like an economic explanation for it, but I think. It's so difficult to then have creative visions unrelated to previous films really break through in the market. Like, for example, um, and this is one that we just finished filming on, so I'm not allowed to talk too much about it, kind of like, you know, Ajax and uh, Criminals of the Future. But uh, I, I recently got off uh, filming for DVD Menu, the movie, and, and it was a lot of, there was a lot of tension there, and I, I think it was... There were parts of filming that were very difficult because, I mean, it's really, it's sort of when you dig down into it, it's sort of a thin premise. And I think what our writers did with it was very impressive. But like, uh, it, it, to a degree, it's like, it's very tough for me as a human actor and for many of my brilliant co-workers to really embody the feeling of, of looking at a DVD menu and kind of make that dramatic tension. I mean, honestly, interesting, watchable for I think it, I mean, again, they're going into edits right now, but I think we filmed probably enough for like three, four hours a movie. So, well, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, the whole CGI thing is confusing to me because back in the day they would, they'd build whole sets. I remember I was in this film called Ma Mère La Juve. I, oh, I don't speak French. I, I never I think, learned. I think, because I have some French friends who I went to Oxford with, uh, I think it translates to My Mother the Jew. Yeah, and they... A brilliant movie. Brilliant. We, they made that film in... That was a 1946 yeah, picture, yeah. and they... They created the entire state of Israel for that film. Oh my! They God. built oh, that was just that. a set for yeah. the film, and uh, I guess the situation there got a little out of hand. But you know, it was it was just a set for for the film. And now, if they wanted to make Israel, they'd just you know type some stuff on a doodad or what have you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy to think that like we're living in a world now where the sort of gargantuan, titanic uh, movements of people, of props, of sets, of that characterized a lot of these earlier masterpieces uh, are now so outsourced, like, you will never get another Israel. Like, if someone's like, oh, we should make, a, we should make an Israel for, for Mormons, that's not going to happen. They, they'll just put it in the computer. You're mm-hmm. right. I mean, you know, yeah. if you're going to, you know, if you can't even get them to shoot on film for your movie, how are you going to get them to, you know, create a whole new Exactly, country? exactly. Just, I mean, there's, there's only, again, it's, I think, really in the heart of the studio system to that degree, uh, back, you know, back when you were in your prime, Tony. I, I really do think, like, that is the only time that uh, Hollywood really had the capacity to move that many Goyish people from Russia to the Middle East and pretend like the Jewish. It's It's crazy it's it's mind-boggling the amount of work that would go into that that now we can just bypass because it was, we have all of these you know computer generated images no it's it was a it was a considerable effort and i i don't even think the picture turned out all that good it, it won some awards at some fancy film right, festivals right, right. but i i, it, it I got think the poem to twice I, I, I think yeah it did and yeah. i i don't know i just don't understand most of those these foreign pictures i i think that they're you know little too artsy fartsy for myself but you know i i I wanted to work with the director uh and he he was seemed like a really upstanding guy uh, but that was an earlier woody allen joint wasn't it yeah it was he he seemed like a nice enough fellow but it just did uh i don't know i didn't get on his sense of humor i thought that he was he was always whining and crying about some stuff and i i just i couldn't 
I don't know. There's something about that guy I just didn't like. I actually worked with Woody Allen um, very briefly on one of the Virgin oh, did Camp you really? films. Just right after following well, He was like consultant or something. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so funny. And um, no, a very similar experience. Just very, uh, very grouchy. Just felt yeah. like he was um, encumbered by something. Uh, yeah, on... I never worked with Woody himself, but uh, he was on the set for, I think, a week or two straight. Just, uh, I think he was literally just discussing a, a project he wanted to do with Brian, the director on the piece. Uh, but when I, when I was filming Boyfriend from Heaven, it was a film about, uh, I was playing a, a young woman from Atlanta named Paige Bitchley, and my boyfriend uh, died, and then he came back as an angel, and then he died again, and he came back as a devil. Uh, and it was a uh, really, really kind of thinker of a piece. Uh, but he was on set for a while talking with, with Brian Callahan, the uh, the director for that one. And I, I agree. He seemed distant. He seemed like he, he always seemed like there was a wall between him, and the talent and the, and honestly, the crew as well. And I, I think maybe that's just it comes from him having a lot on his mind. But yeah, I, I noticed that as well. Uh, Ajax, have you ever run into Woody? Uh, you know, I, I've met Woody once or twice. I think, you know, he, uh, look, Woody Allen is an influence on anyone who's, right, who's worked right. on, you know, comedy films in this industry. Um, he's he's, no, he's a legend. Mean, you know, despite... Yeah. Despite, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Despite, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, these things have, have, have happened in the industry, and it is always rough, and you never want to get caught up in it. Like... For example, one of you know the first comedies that I made in the the mid '80s, uh, I got my start on uh, a John Landis venture. And look, you know, it was a bit. It was wait, 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 which one? Uh, I was I was in a bit role on uh, on Three Amigos. You know, oh, I was, I was I doing. Jo- but look, you were like the villagers. Uh, uh, look, yeah, no, you know, oh, look, it was fun. Everyone wants a fat guy in a comedy. Like right, that, right, that was right. you know that was that was a big thing. But form- like, it's a formula for a reason. But like you know, like the- with the pressure he got off of Twilight Zone, the movie, obviously you know there were some awkward. But I think people mm-hmm. need to you know be more apologetic about you know the industry and understand mm. the, the the stresses well, that come in. And, and that's I think you're right, and I think that's also such a difficult uh, aspect of working in this industry is because like you hear these stories of you know people with pretty severe positions of power mistreating the people that work for them, and also just like. You can work with movies that later are judged, you know, problematic or, you know, people are like, oh, they have, you know, difficult content in them that we have to deal with. Like, uh, Tony, I'm talking uh, specifically for you. I think, uh, I want to say, what, 1939, 1940 or whatever, uh, you were in the movie Extinction Without Hate. Uh, and you starred as the, uh, oh, God, I can't, I can never remember the character's name, but you were that, you were that noble SS guard. And the whole movie... Uh, Boyle, obviously, you know, great framing, great cinematography, but the storyline of it um, basically boiled down to saying that, uh, yes, the, the Holocaust was happening, but the Jews, or it, it was okay because the Nazis were not uh, doing it out of, like, malice or anything. Well, it was just like... Uh, you, yeah. and I, I, wanna, I mean, you have to consider... So I yeah. myself do not consider myself much of a political person. Right, right, right. But uh, I, I remember that, like, back in... It was a weird time in Hollywood since we all knew that, like, Hitler was doing stuff, and we knew that, uh, he, you know, right. I don't think any but of us were fans of him, but, like, we, but we, we didn't want to come down. We didn't want to come down on him one way or the other. So we kind of split the difference. And then there was that whole 
there was that whole aspect of uh you know mccarthyism i think it's called and like we were we were all a little on edge too so we we just decided to play it as straight as safe as possible and uh what we came up with was a movie that uh in hindsight was i guess a little more pro holocaust than you'd want to want a film to be but i i i don't have any regrets about that picture i think i put one of my best performances in it and no, you, i think that your performance it was, was important for the time uh, it came out it was beautifully shot i think uh was that uh, uh antonio silvio who was the cinematographer on that uh brilliant brilliant work mr silvio himself yeah 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 but i agree but i think and especially i think rj you have probably have some experience with this too uh with you know some of the maybe antiquated uh, aspects of the virgin falls films oh yeah but just ha- dealing with that tension of like well, people are going to look back at my work and see, you know, if it is timeless, like you hope it is, see that there are aspects that do not match up with what we believe today. And like, how do you how do you deal with that? You know, yeah, well, friction. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. I, my character was known to uh, I, I would often disguise myself as, um, you know, various yeah. different kinds of like races and right, um, right, right. sorts of um, other religions that, you know, I think. Right. Uh, the the turban bit in Virgin Falls Two was uh, I'm imagining a big sticking point. For, for yes, people. and uh, like would I do that? Yeah. Would I do that now? Um, no, I don't think I would. I mean, I haven't uh, worked right. in a film right. since 2005. Um, but if I were presented the opportunity, like in this current climate, to um, put on a big turban and have big uh buck tea, buck tea, yeah, buck yeah. tea bushy beard yeah yeah all, all that wearing sort of a stuff. hijab for some reason also yeah it, I, was, it was in retrospect it was not very kind to to middle easterns and uh uh muslim and no and, and especially uh, in the shadow uh, of 9-11 um you know we, right, we right, had right. to the, uh, the ver- well, I mean, we had to respond. You, you yanks we went had crazy to, after that. We had to yeah. respond, right? Um, and you know, show that America was not going to stand down to this. And you know, look in, in hindsight, does it does it look great? No, um, but I, you know, I think at the time, I think it uh, it inspired a lot of people, and it uh, right, it, right, it, right. it it brought a sense of patriotism back. And and. and- and yeah, and I, I think for comedy, like, it is very tied to that moment in a way that maybe not a lot of other genres are to that degree. But, like, I know I've had my fair share blowback also from a, a film I did back in 2007. Uh, it was a, I, I will say, because I'm, I'm not very close with that director anymore, it was not a particularly well-made film. Uh, it was it was obviously angling for, like, Oscar consideration, um, but it, it was... A number of the themes that we dealt with uh, in The Rape to Remember are not really looked kindly on, I think, now in post-Me Too movement, Um, especially, like, that ending that kind of implies that, like, well, rape is bad in some cases, but sometimes it's, like, it it can help you grow and it it can help you, like, find the love of your life. I think that's kind of, like, looked at from a different perspective now, and I've had a number of fans talk to me about, you know, uh, uh, why... I was in that picture and I'm like, well, 2007 was a different time. We didn't know Obama was going to be president yet. You know, we didn't know the queen was going to die. It was, so I, I think like... What happened to Diana? Oh, uh, was she, I mean, again, not, and I know we just got through talking about respecting Middle Eastern peoples, but I mean, they're not great drivers. Well, 
Uh, I. Uh, I, I mean, listen. He was. He seemed like a good guy. That if I had, but no, not the best at the wheel. And I, I want to, you know, elaborate a little bit on, you know, working. Right. Because, because mm. I, I, I understand there is like often good reason, you know, for audiences and the public to sort of turn against people, you know, in the industry. But I, I think like something that's often forgotten is that like. The, the sort of things they do in their personal life and on the set do need to be sort of weighted against the, the medium they create. For for example, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people um, have condemned Harvey Weinstein. And he has, you know, he definitely well, so is a controversial... For the obvious reason. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, you know, I a lot of the cuts he personally had done to Tiny Tim Fully Loaded really helped that, right. that picture take off, really helped it, you no, know, gain it he, he, he had an eye for, for what made movies sing, for sure, I think, but, and it, again, that's, it's very tough to, I think, balance, like, that professional uh, acuity, that professional, you know, understanding of how movies work with that, frankly, you know, somewhat disreputable personal behavior sometimes. Well, there, I've always found that you can never really please the uh, you can never really please the the special interest groups right, and the naysayers right, right. because I remember we did we did uh, there was that movie in the 1930s called White Zombie and uh, I think that picture oh. is a nice little nice little horror film but that one some people were calling it racist so mm. I remember I remember we we decided to make a, a black zombie picture after shortly after right, and i starred it. in the titular yeah. role and that one got an even harsher reception it's ultimately i don't think that there's anything that can please these people you know white zombie yeah, black right, zombie right, right. we could have done a purple zombie See, or a yellow zombie uh, I, mickey I, mickey rooney wanted to be the yellow zombie and we just we, right. we didn't do it well see and I, I am interested in hearing your perspective on this also because i have had my experience with uh in the i don't know if they called it back then but i suppose now you would call it the black exploitation genre that was actually where i got a number of my starting roles um and there was there was also an issue when i was in there because i mean obviously we've moved past the tradition of menstrual shows but when i was in the hunchback of notre dame i was playing the love interest uh Esmeralda and and it was kind of like they, they were like well how do we want to play this I was fine just playing it as like a Caucasian individual but there was some talk going on in the producer's chair and I, I think with some of the creative directors too uh, about putting me in in some form of you know darkening body paint or at the very least just getting me like a, a deadly tan or whatever and I, I was I, I did not really feel comfortable with it. In the end, we ended on just making me look kind of Latina, uh, and I think they they rewrote the character to be Dominican. But I, I I'm curious, like like how that experience of like being asked to portray a race that wasn't your own affected you? Because I know for me it was very difficult. Not only am I playing American, I'm also playing Dominican. You know, so it's very difficult sometimes to tap into that. I, I think. A character who is so radically different from your life experience, and I'm I'm interested in hearing like how how you get into uh, uh, participating in that. Well, I I always just approach it like I'm writing a song with my acting. I I, I try to make a time and place, and just trying to conjure up you know what acting. It's a form of expression and and speaking and. Uh, whoever I'm playing, I try to speak like them, right. which is, um, you know, a lot of, like, I made some impression work, voice work. 
yes, I mean, with extinction without hate, for example, I, I, you know, I I don't, I don't sign on with those method fellas, you know, like, I think that they're, they're a little too, you know, fruity and just, just a little queer, but I, I, I really tried, I really tried my best to get into the mindset of, uh, you know, of that SS guard and extinction without hate. And that, that, that really stuck with me. It really influenced my way of thinking for the next, uh, for the next 90 years. Right. I had right. a, I had yeah. a question though for uh, RJ over there, and that's um, you know I, I don't pay a ton attention to young actors, but uh, certain someone on uh, you know one of the television shows I'm working on now said you were trying to make a serious picture, oh, and uh, I did not hear about this. It, it reminds me of you know like like Cary Grant, you know, you're, right. he, right. he often are tried to make serious pictures. So do you Rock think yourself of yeah. the next Cary Grant? Well, yeah, you know I have been working hard to try to move past my image uh as an actor in the movies that you know the general public knows me from um uh, you know to you know as i said i have not uh, acted in a movie since 2005 i've um mostly been working um as a cashier at a uh, boost mobile in uh, sun valley uh, california um and how's it been going for you it's been, you know, um, it is, uh, uh, it's, you know, a, a job is a job, um, and I'm, you know, I'm just happy right, to right. be uh, able to put a roof over my head. But, um, you know, I, 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 I am trying to, you know, uh, self fund uh, a, a picture for myself to, uh, you know, oh, get back I into see, the like scene, to, uh, a drama, uh, you know, get to stretch right, my wings right. as, as a dramatic actor. Oh, I see. Uh, any details about it? We could, you know, maybe. Uh, post some information about it in like the description to this well, episode or something. Yeah, um, so it's um, working title. It's called uh, "The Man Who Touched a Million Lives," and it's oh, kind sweet. of a uh, a Patch Adams sort of vehicle where um, I play. And Ron, Ron Williams was great for that in in transitioning from that comedy focused career to the more serious acting career. Yes, so that, I think that's a good place to take inspiration from. No, exactly, and um, yeah, just a you know, just a, a, a man who has, uh, as as it says in the title, has touched a million lives, and um, I don't really know oh, what uh, where it goes from there, but I do have the title. Um, and I'm currently trying to make an Indiegogo account to... Oh, it's notoriously tricky. I'll help you figure it out. Yeah. Uh, my, before I disowned him, one of my great-grandsons made that account for me when I had to have my spleen replaced, and it, uh, oh. it was quite cumbersome for everyone involved. That's terrible. I'm sorry about that, Tony. Um, oh, it's fine. It's routine, part of getting older. Right. You know, I have, I have knee surgeries every three weeks now, oh, you know? How many spleens have you gone through by this point, if you don't mind me asking? Well, spleen, spleens aren't the issue. The spleen's like only two or three, but right. it, it really, it becomes the lungs that are the issue that you right, have to keep right, replacing right. and moving in and out. Since, and I mean, obviously, you know, I've I seen still, you outside of the, the studio here. You smoked probably two or three packs of cigarettes before we came in, plus like two or three cigars. I, I could obviously, I could. I, I've kept that. my six pack a day habit right, right, uh, right. since I was 13 years old. You know, uh, back in the day, they used to advertise that they were healthy, and I still think they're healthy, which is why my diet is entirely steak and milkshakes and uh that's oh, why yeah. i smoke six packs a day oh, yeah. i mean i'm sure you guys have a lot to talk about on that front um, 
for, for me, it's just <laughs> I actually have gotten on, uh, and it's something that I think helps my acting because it, it keeps me kind of you know awake and alert and like you know I've I'm got motivation to move forward because I, I've stopped eating traditional meals and I have probably like five or six tea times a day. Uh, so you know, like I'm getting calories, I'm getting nutrients through like. Uh, uh, in the form of tea and biscuits, but generally I'm not sitting down and having a full meal ever. So whenever I'm going to be on set, I'm going to be like hungry. You know, I'm going to be like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be uncomfortable, but I'm going to be focused and I'm going to be moving through and I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be going towards my goal in that scene because my physically, and it is sort of method, I suppose, but physically my, my feeling in my body aligns with my character's motivation, you know? I mean, you know, physicality is one of, you know, an actor's right, most right. basic tools. Exactly, exactly. And and the ways you can hack that, I think, are so, if you find something that works for you, is so useful and uh, is so necessary for putting the work in. Like, I, I was on, um, I think we actually worked on this one before Ajax. Uh, I don't know if you remember it, but this this was probably back in, like, oh, God, probably, like, Art 3 or whatever. Uh, we was, it was, uh, uh, Gone with the Wind 2, remember? Oh, man. Right, yeah, right? no. Critics, you know, yeah. seeing the previews from that, they saw them. They, they, they ruffled fucking it was, feathers after that, that one. Come yeah. on, man. I, like, I think calling it a... I mean, it, you can't make a sequel to a classic. You just... I, I you know, I, I don't like to... You know, I think you're all talented young people, but the you can't make a sequel to a classic. That That's just not, not See, how it works. I... Think- I, I I turned down plenty of roles that could have been successful. I just don't, I don't subscribe to sequels, especially to classics, you know, classics. I think it's so short to say that, though, because, like, that implication that, and again, IP is definitely an issue in in Hollywood. No question about that. But the idea that you cannot make any idea into a good film with enough, talent and with enough hard work and with enough perspective is is very short sight for me like i i thought they had a brilliant screenplay i think maybe the cgi was not entirely that but like i I remember embodying the role of cyber o'hara was one of the honestly one of one of the more challenging and one of the more rewarding roles i've ever found being being this you know socialite this this you know heiress to to a rich plantation fortune who's also half robot is such an interesting no, i mean like telling uh, a uh, compelling story about how, to, yeah. uh segregated slavery was reintroduced into american society and then ended again you know that's yeah and, it, and ended again and but also not just i don't know if you remember this because again it was a while ago but it was uh segregation and also uh, robot segregation, like in the game Detroit Become Human. Yes, yeah, no. And it was, and that's why the movie itself was five hours. Yeah, no, they, they had both of that side of one of the marketing materials. They showed like the charts of where everyone's assigned right, seatings right. on the buses. You know, it was, it was that that seemed like a misstep to me. I, and I will say, no, no disrespect on Paramount's uh, marketing department, but that that one was strange. Uh, yeah, no, I, I I do get that, but you know, I I, I enjoyed working and and it. It did get fairly positive. It was a good film. I, I stand by that. Right, for right, that right. No, it was, yeah. I, 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 and again, I it, they know. did. I, I, I think the number of reviews I, I saw calling it a desecration of a cinematic classic, like with those exact words, it seems like people were talking to each other because that seems coordinated. You know? Well, you're not. Uh, you, can't imagine that, you can't imagine that 35 critics came to that exact same phrasing by themselves. 
It, it's it's just it's just ludicrous. It's just it's bonkers, frankly. I mean, you know how they are. They they fucking right. They have lunch with each other and, all the time. These people, <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. I I hate it how much the critics fraternize. It's like, I'm I'm sorry. Do you not? understand that like that's going to make your job harder if you're all sharing the same opinions if you're all you know going to the same movies it's like you would never see an actor fraternize with with their co-workers with their co-stars with others in the industry outside of that unprofessional at the it's time you know we, we we kept our distance between other actors we we always you know we had we had the old three foot rule on one of hitchcock's films and we we kept three feet from each other Made the romantic scenes uh, downright impossible to film. Uh, mm -hmm. I thought that the Hayes Code was restrictive, but this was even worse. But, you know, through sheer genius, we, we made it work. And somehow Hitchcock still terrorized a young woman on that set from three feet away. But um, right. mm -hmm. I think that's just a testament to his brilliance. I mean, not, not to be too politically incorrect, but I mean, he for three feet in the way, but she was like touching the front of his belly. I mean, let's... Hey, he, he, Sorry about he that, He struggled with his weight. He struggled with his weight. You know, I... I, I, right, I don't right. want to disrespect the man. No, I, I appreciate that, 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 you know, tepidness. I appreciate right. the restraint. Yeah. Ajax, um, and I'm, I'm not sure if this is something you get a lot, but this is actually not related to your work. It's more like a biographical question. Uh, is Ajax short for something? Because to me, it, may, it would make a lot of sense if it was short for Applejacks, but I don't know if that's... Uh, no, no. True, if it's just a, a name, a standalone name. What my mom told me was that uh, a lot during the pregnancy, some of my cousins, uh, some of my older cousins, were eating apple jacks during, you know, right, during right. The, the early cartoons, and that sort of inspired. But that, no, no, it's it's not directly one to one, but it was in her, on her mind. Um, okay, well that makes sense. Like an influence. Yeah, yeah. No. Um. See that that that's very interesting though. Does that ever happen to you? Because I know that you've tried your hand at uh, screenwriting a few films. Uh, I think the last one of yours I saw that made it to the theaters was uh, Martin McMartin Esquire. Uh, is that something that you find in your writing pursuits? Like you are experiencing something, you're seeing something in the room, and then that finds its way into the script. Yeah. No. I mean, I've, I've actually, I've actually one 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 of the scripts I've worked on. You know, this was this was after like a long night sets. You you mm -hmm. kind of wacky, but I, I tried to put uh, the character you know adapt to the real life story of of Cinnamon Applejacks commercials. Oh, like, I know. see, I see, like a very like, yeah. biographical thing. Yeah, no, no, like yeah, a parody yeah. of that sort of stuff. It, I, I yeah. thought like there was there was a lot there. See, right. And did you did it get me? No, no. I mean, they no. shot it down. Kellogg's, and there was, there was, right was a terrible man. It was a <laughs> yeah, terrible, no, he terrible, was, terrible man. He had its demons for sure. But see, it's I, so... I, I, I never liked to bad mouth the people right. I worked with. The, the, you know, even that Polish fella. You know, I, I with all the controversy, I think I right, think right, he right. still made some good films. But the cinema just he he. There was the right. devil inside of him. Well, I, I think maybe on a more. A cheery topic. Uh, it, and I wish we were not so close to the end of this thing because I would love to pick your brain more, Ajax, about Scream Rotten because I, I, I was asking that question about whether or not your surroundings influence your writing because I have tried my hand at writing a few, you know, screenplays. Uh, you get to a point as an actor where you want to start to branch out, you want to start to work in dis different disciplines. 
And I am so affected by my surroundings for the life of me. Every time I'm trying to write a movie, right, uh, the first page goes great, second page goes great, and then I get stuck at where they're going to go. And I'm like, well, what if they were sitting down at a desk and writing on a piece of paper? And that just becomes the whole movie. And every single movie I've written is just uh, is just woman writing on a piece of paper. I and mean, it's, it's, it's I, so difficult to get yourself out of that, you know, observant mode. I think, you know, like, you're not wrong that like because you gotta go out and find inspiration for yourself you can't just get it by sitting around thinking about it but i also you know it's worth pointing out that a lot of the great screenplays and theaters Mm -hmm. are just one room theatrical plays or you know one room productions you can absolutely Mm -hmm. tell a lot of great stories in that sort of limited closed off format but i i think my issue uh with a lot of the screenplays i try my hand at is that um they don't have any dialogue because when I'm writing, I'm not, I'm not talking, you know, I'm, oh, I'm focused um, on getting the words on paper. So most of it would just be like an hour long static shot of a woman writing on a piece of paper. And I, to uh, me, that seems like more like a cinema verite, like a more experimental film than, than something that would actually make it through in theaters these days. In my younger days, I actually, uh, I got caught in some hot water because one of my tricks to, you know, Oh, like someone was boiling you, like to, in a soup or something like <laughs> well, that. Well, no, actually, is that uh, I would uh, carry a tape recorder around, and uh, when we were doing writing sessions, I w- or, you know, brainstorming sessions with other writers, mm-hmm. uh, I would I would record them and write them down later and, uh, you know, people, uh, you know, it, it was good and fun, uh, you know, to wait to organically make your writing flow, but it uh, turns out some people considered that stealing. So, you know, oh, I have to I stop see. doing yeah. that after a certain Co- point, Copyright law is so tricky these days. Yeah, no. Right. Um, you look at a, you know, you look at a page in pre-production and suddenly a guy wants to be on the credits. It's it's crazy. Right, right, right. Um, I, I think we're about getting to the time where we should be wrapping up. I, I think we should all go around and uh, I can start, I can go last, whichever one you guys were doing, and just talk a little bit about maybe like projects that we're just wrapping or ones that we're about to go into that we're excited about just to kind of get 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 hype, you know, get, uh, as, as you yanks say, you know, get an understanding of, of kind of where we're at in our careers and appreciate of, you know, how far everyone's come. RJ, do you want to start? Because you, you've talked a little bit about your self-funded film. I don't know if you have anything else going on or if that's kind of your main focus right now. Sure. Yeah, no. Um, I'm definitely trying to get this film off the ground once I uh, can figure out how to make a uh, Indiegogo account. So if um, anyone has right, any right, tips right. on that, uh, feel free to hit me up, um, reach out. I'm, I'm open to, to uh, any suggestions. Um, and um, I'm also currently looking for um some new roommates um so that is something i'm currently working on um i i I used to live with um two former cast members of uh the power rangers from um you know the the late 90s um who were both uh both of both of them in separate instances um were shot by um the lapd um during um uh, men- during uh, individual mental health crises that they were both having, yeah. um, so uh, yeah, so I'm currently looking to um, fill up this three bedroom that I'm in. Um, so um, yeah, if uh, that's kind of uh, okay. mostly what I'm working on right now. Nice, nice, perfect. So yeah, go check out once he's made that account. If you have any advice, uh, he's on Twitter and Instagram at. Uh, at R.J. Dingleberry, which I, I think is so Oh, funny. thank you. Uh, really carrying the tradition from the Virgin Falls um, 
But uh, uh, so shoot him a DM there. And then, yes, follow uh, the production of The Man Who Touched a Million Lives. It seems like it's going to be a great production. Thank you. Uh, Ajax, do you want to, do you have anything coming up? Uh, I know you just wrapped on, uh, uh, it might have been a while ago, it's coming out now, uh, the Criminals of the Future, but do you have any other projects that are like in production? I mean, I, you know, I'm always looking through a few things, but I do want to talk about Criminals of the Future. I can't, you know, obviously talk story detail or something, but, you know, it was good work getting to work on something a little more serious. Um, I'm very proud of the way me and that production crew uh, managed to work on that. I think we might have something truly Oscar worthy on you. So, so, you know, look out for that because we got right, we're, right. we're, we're coming right at you. I'm excited. Um, I'm going to keep an eye open for sure. Um, I, um, I've gotten a bit part in this, uh, fantasy HBO show called a uh, horse for a day. And, uh, well, uh, I mean, are they remaking that already? That was one of my earlier uh, yeah. roles. Was was in the early aughts. I was I was in the the movie form of Horse for a Day. Are they turning it into a TV show? Uh, they're, yeah, they've already been greenlit for two seasons, and I've I've got a six episode what contract with them. I, 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 not... I sorry, give me give me give me one second. I don't understand uh, Tony, much Tony, of what's hey, happening. Tony, in it. hold the hold the fuck on. What? Yo, Arthur. Yeah, they're making a fucking Horse for a Day. Okay, but why am I not attached to it? Why? Okay, but you're not. Okay, I understand that you're not doing your fucking job. You you understand that, right? Because I'm part of the original IP, right? If anyone's going to be attached to it, why would they not reach out to me? I could be I could be a fucking mom. I could be an older sister. I could play. I can play older. So what? Okay. Okay. They said that. Well, um... I don't really understand yeah. what's happening in it. Most of my co-stars have to, you know, read the lines to me on post-it notes. But the real thing really? that's worrying me is that my, my daughter, my daughter and my granddaughter both qualify for Social Security now. And I think they're both stealing my checks. And I think they're stealing my uh, my Medicare, too, which I don't think is possible. But I, they, they found a way. They are stealing my Medicare. And I, I, I would... <laughs> Appreciate it if you could get in touch with uh, some some lawyer that could help me out with this. Uh, that's my main pressing concern right now for the next sure. three months of my life. Yeah, if you have any legal representation, uh, make sure you send them Tony's way. I'm so fucking pissed about this. I'm oh, I'm I'm furious. Um, all right. Uh, for me, you know, I just got off filming DVD menu the movie. Uh, I am in currently. I'm in production uh, in a project that I, I think is going to go far. I think, I think it's definitely tuned into the moment. Um, it, it's sort of, it's sort of a callback to, I think a lot of the work that you did in your heyday, Tony, uh, it's called, uh, promenade through the plantation. It is with Chris Cooper. It's going to be a great movie. Um, at least it's shaping up to be, but keep an eye open for that one when that comes out. Um, otherwise, Thank you guys so much for coming on. It is an honor and a pleasure to talk with all of you. Uh, wish you luck in your future endeavors. And this has been another episode of the Cinema Forum. Thank you all for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.